How you doing? Have a great Monday night. Kicking back, relaxing, talking about cars. Bring you our, our show tonight. It's going to be about quality repairs brought to you by Sun Buggies in Las Vegas. The best place in the world if you're into getting off-road and going to do some tripping around in the, in the dirt in the desert and seeing what it's like to actually get outside again. Want to try that? That'd be something different. Huh? Get outside in the dirt and get a little dirty and have some fun. See what Vegas is really all about. So we're going to proceed tonight. Tonight's show is going to be kind of about... What's happening with the automotive industry and the field and and fixing cars that kind of stuff and how you've been? I don't know. I guess how it's kind of leaving you in the dust. Of what's going on? Because the things are happening so fast, um, and it's becoming uh, actually becoming things are happening faster than some of these auto repair shops can handle, and definitely a lot faster than some of these mechanics can keep up with. The days when technicians used to go to school and all that kind of stuff to learn anything. That's becoming a day of yesterday. I mean, you can see get, regular kids can't go to school, let alone a technician going to a school for a trade tech to learn what's updated on the cars. Cars come out every every year with something new, and very rarely does a technician have that chance to go learn what's new. And, uh, yeah, they may not be working on brand-new cars, but when that car becomes old, they didn't have the training, and that car becomes old, now they even can't work on the old cars. And that's kind of what's happening right now. A lot of the technicians out there are still trained to work on older cars they're trained to adjust valves and replace spark plugs and do suspension repairs all those kind of things that that uh, you used to be able to do at home in your garage you take a four jack jacket up and you could do it replacing brakes those things are kind of like yesterday's news i mean pretty much the only people you see doing that type of stuff now are those kind of old custom car shows you see on tv where they're making these things like brand new you give them a new car with a computer those guys on tv is turn around and walk away they wouldn't have any idea so things are moving really fast. The price of cars is getting crazy. The amount of people actually to work on vehicles, as everybody out there is aware, there's a shortage of employees right now. People are making a lot more money staying at home than they are going to work. Whether you accept the fact or not, it's a truism. Everywhere you go now, they are they're got full, complete staff ready to hire people. They're doing everything they can to get somebody to come in and they can at least train. It's getting really difficult. It actually uh, it will affect everybody's services that they're getting from all these locations to where you used to go in and get quick service from somebody that's really qualified. Now you're going to be lucky to go in there and get service from somebody that speaks English. So things are going to be changing really fast. Well, the automotive field is getting really scary. It's been getting scary for a couple of years. But now with uh, the uh, COVID that did exist, I think now it's become a, something that's very controllable and, and no more of a problem than flu basically is. It's under control now, and I think everybody can stay pretty healthy. And in a way, it's been a good thing. Everybody has really become a little healthier than they used to be. I don't know if you remember the the, the TV show called Monk. He, I think he was the standard of uh, don't touch this, don't touch that, where's that sanitation? He was kind of, everybody used to laugh at him. Now everybody is part of his world. Isn't that amazing? Isn't it amazing? And I think it's just something we will live with like we do with flu and like we do with cold, like we do with... All these other things that, that human beings get throughout their life, it's going to be another thing we're just going to, have to pay attention to. Being healthy is very important. Um, maybe this might make us a little bit more physically fit in the future. We'll see what happens. So I'm going to get back to the car situation. Um, but one of the things I'm going to kind of start with everybody is, is the diagnostics. When you go into a repair shop now, you look around. Be real serious. Go in there and look around. Look around some of the guys that are working on your cars. Listen to them. 
hang around on the outside, get an idea of kind of what they're talking about, what what their uh, their their daily schedule kind of is like, and see if you think that that's the type of guy that you really want working on your car. It's a type of thing now that you need someone that's going to work on your car that actually really knows what's wrong with the car, and be and second part, being very honest with you about what's wrong with the car. If you have a check engine light go on in your car, you take the car in to get it checked out. Everybody said, well, check it out for you for free, no charge. If you look, it takes them about, I mean, real honesty, hook up a scanner to it. It takes about maybe at the most five minutes to know what, where the problem is beginning at on the car, where it's being sent to you from. Usually it takes a technician about an hour to come up with that after you can get that done in five minutes to your auto zone, right? So what are they doing for that whole hour while they're doing that scan on the car to find out what's wrong with it? It usually becomes a discussion among the mechanic, service manager, and whatever other technician out there because of the discussion on how to handle the case. The reason I say it's a case is because it you came in with a worry, that check engine light's on, and when the light goes on in the dash, it's just kind of an automatic symbol. Just be careful, caution, something may happen at any time. We get that from the yellow light at the stoplight. We go through it, we're going, oh no, we're going to be in trouble now, we're going to get have an accident. So you slow down because of fear of what may happen if you decide to go through that yellow light. Okay, Same thing on the car. That yellow light comes on you fear of what's going to happen if I keep on driving the car. Well, the yellow light in reality just tells you that one of the sensors is not getting a proper reading. Okay, If you have something actually wrong with the car, it'll run rough, it'll cut out, it won't run right. Just as it did in the old days, it's not going to be any different now with the new cars. It's still going to run bad. And you don't have to be a technician to know when your car is running bad. You don't have to be a, a chef because when the food tastes like crap, you know that stuff automatically. It's automatic. So mechanics nowadays, what they do is they diagnose the car. At least they get an idea of what it is. There's really no complete diagnostic on the, on the computer system, check engine light, until you actually really get into it and you start checking it out. Everything's a maybe. Could be this, could be that. It's impossible unless someone's got the eyes of Superman, Super Tech, and he can see through that body of the car actually what the part looks like, and does that electrical part actually work properly? Is it sensing properly? Why is it not working right? Okay, those are things that would be impossible for anyone to know. The scanner just tells them in what section they're having a situation or problem that will turn on that light. Like I said, normally, it will not cause the car to run bad. If it runs bad, it actually is an easier diagnosis because you can figure out what's causing the car to run bad by based on if that particular system in the car is not operating right, right? Why is it not operating right? Why is it not giving a correct reading to the computer to allow it to operate right? Now, we all know computers, basically, and we know that computers will compensate for things. That's what's designed to them. It'll override something if it knows that something is not giving it a proper informational signal, okay? So now the computer is compensated for it. So the car, like I said, will still run good, but that check engine light's on. The car could run better, but the computer has a built-in, what they call like a... I guess kind of like a, a dead mode that will just kind of go into it and just control the car in the best possible condition it can with the situation that's happening. The reason for the, your computer system and all your cars is emissions. Because the engine still runs the same way. It still runs on gasoline and oil and water. It still works on compression. It still has an explosive cylinder that causes the engine to fire and goes up and down. Transmission works the same way. There has been no change to the theory of the mechanical motor or the transmission. It's now becoming controlled electronically. Those are all things that the newer technician usually will kind of have an idea as to what systems are that are causing the problem, but they also need to know what the problem is that's allowing that to be a reading problem. It doesn't have to actually be the sensor. It could be that there, maybe the sensor's got dirt all over it. If you take 
the sensor of your stove. And you take that sensor out of there and you load it up with all kinds of dirt and mud and you put it back in there. Chances are your stove won't get a good reading on how to heat that oven up anymore because the sensor is dirty. It's not getting a reading. This is basic. The basic thing with your engine, you have a sensor that's in the cooling system, in the coolant. You have a sensor that's in the exhaust system with all that exhaust pipe where you stick your finger around the pipe and it's all dirty. Well, you have sensors that are right in the flow of that and they get dirty just like that exhaust pipe. You have sensors in your oil that determines if your oil is running, is it too hot? Or if it's got a conditional problem with it, something like that. But these are things that you need to know both ends of how that car operates. Most technicians nowadays, majority of them, unless they're one of the few of the rare that are out there, which are not easy to find, don't really have a complete understanding of the logic of all that. It changes every year. Independent repair shops many, many, many years ago used to have programs you could go to local colleges or schools or whatever. You could refresh your, your, uh, your intelligence at these schools that most companies would pay for because they wanted to keep top-grade technicians. And you'd go there and you'd get certified every year for the upgrade in this type of system or that type of system. When we went from points condensers, points condenser to a electronic ignition, that took a while to learn that adaptation on how that actually operates a car. Um, it, the same logic, it opens and closes the, the point system, basically it opens and closes the, the electrical connection and allows us someone to fire a spark at that piston at the right time when it's at the top of compression, which are all measured on electronic signals sent from different places on the mechanical part of the engine. If the mechanical part of the engine doesn't work, nothing in the computer system is going to work. So if the mechanical part of the engine is not working properly, nothing in the computer system is going to work properly. Now, if you have a problem with the system showing it's not giving a proper reading, believe me, there's a lot more into it than just hooking up a scan tool and taking a scan picture of it and saying, oh, it's in this section, you need this replaced. Well, that's impossible that someone can do that just by a scanner. You can buy scanners now for $20. You can buy a scanner for $30,000. And they still get to the same depth of a computer. It's just the more expensive the scanner is, the more information it gives to the technician. And uh, if you were to look at the information, you probably wouldn't understand a lot of information they're getting. A majority of them don't understand the information they're getting. It's kind of like, you you look at some of these new TVs they got now. You know, there's a lot of people out there that just know how to turn it on, turn it off, and change the channels. Now, if you don't have a Lexus or Surrey running the TV, you don't know what to do most of the time. You don't know, have no idea. It's all electronic, it's all computerized. But you're still watching the picture, you're still watching the TV. Everything is now being controlled by computer. The same thing in your car. Now, what do they do with a TV set when it goes bad nowadays? You toss it in the trash. How many of you have seen these really nice big screen TVs just sitting out of trash going, I want that, I should go get that. But you know that it's no good or it wouldn't be there. They're not even repairable. They don't repair TV sets anymore. They throw them in the trash, the computer system. Too inexpensive. So a lot of the cars now you're going to find that end up in junkyards because of lack of knowledge on how to repair it, so they end up just jumping the car. Now stick around. We're going to be getting back to more of this shortly. We'll be right back. Adventure awaits you at Sun Buggy today, located directly across from Las Vegas Motor Speedway, with 15,000 acres of fun from door to door. Drivers must be 18 years of age or older and have a valid driver's license. For reservations, call 866-728-4443 today. Open daily from 6 a.m. to midnight. Sun Buggy appreciates you. Have an unforgettable experience with us today. 
The National Atomic Testing Museum is a national science, history, and educational institution that tells the story of America's nuclear weapons testing program at the Nevada test site. Located at 755 East Flamingo Road, just east of Paradise, the museum offers immersive, interactive experts for guests of all ages. The museum is Smithsonian certified and open seven days a week. For more information, visit nationalatomictestingmuseum.org. That's nationalatomictestingmuseum.org. Welcome to the Nellis Dunes. I'm Malibu, and this is Sun Buggy Fun Runner. 15,000 acres for you, the family, or friends to play on. For a half hour, an hour, an hour and a half, we've got two seaters, four seaters, six seaters, nine seaters, ATVs, whatever you need, we have it. Hey guys, welcome to the desert. We are the premier off-road adventure tour company anywhere in the world. We have over 150 seats available, so we can cater to couples, bachelor parties, all the way up to corporate events with uh, up to a thousand people. And we offer tours to anywhere from mild uh, and scenic to wild and crazy. Our vehicles are built right here at our Vegas facility with certified U.S. steel, and their primary purpose is for you to have fun. Open 365 days a year, we run our Vegas Mini Baja Chase seven times a day, an all-inclusive experience, including your hotel shuttle and uh, the reservation line is 24 hours a day. If you'd like more details, go to sunbuggy.com or just pick up the phone and give us a ring. This right here, this is the dirtiest thing you can do in Vegas without getting in trouble when you go home. Everybody, welcome back, and uh, thank you, Sunbuggy, again, the sponsor of this show. Great, great place you got to go to. Listen to the things you hear. Believe me, it's a great place to go get dirty, legally. So now it's going to go on to the. We're going to continue that with a little bit of what we we're talking about with the diagnostics. Um, keep that all in mind of what I've said so far about a mechanic walking up to you. Let's say you may trust him. In the future, in the past, you may have maybe your parents did or whatever, but it's a whole new world we're in right now. You've got a lot of the businesses out there that have been hurting for money really bad. And they're going to do all kinds of things they do to diagnose the car, try to sell you all kinds of things that being now when everybody else is as tight as they are, it's not really a, a good time to purchase things you don't need. You need to do things that are affecting what your symptoms are, what your problems are. I'm going to be very honest with you about a lot of things on the check engine line. A good majority of it can be done with a chemical. It can be cleaned, resurfaced. Reclean, re recycled and stuff like that. Most of the sensors, I mean, in all the years I've ever worked on a car, other than a broken wire going to it, they really never get damaged unless they're in an accident or something just really breaks off, which is extremely rare. Extremely. Usually they just get dirty, the pickup signal from it's not working properly. Whatever the, the, the chemical that it's measuring, which is what your sensors do, they all measure a chemical of one sort or another. They measure exhaust, they measure everything. If that chemical has affected the way that the sensor is working properly, it will turn on that light. Now, it's a, a job expected of your technician to find out what the sensor is not working and then find out why it's not working. So when you're told by a technician that this sensor, oxygen sensor, is not working or the catalytic converter is not working, ask him why. Why is it not working? If he just tells you just because it's not, that's not an answer. He needs to explain to you why it's not working. You need to know why that part is not operating. Not that just replacing it will make it good. Whether that will or not, it's immaterial. You have every right to know why that part will not work. If he's replacing it on a guest, then let them pay for it. 
If he's replacing it, recommending it because he knows you need it, that's a different world. But he's got to explain to you why you need it so that you understand. Most of the repair shops out there do not really pay attention to what they're doing. If they were really smart, your best advertisement is that customer that you just got done working on the car. When they go out of that office, they're going to tell everybody not what they paid because the payment won't be a problem at that point. They're going to be telling everybody how you fixed it and how the car runs so much better now and you understand what was wrong with it. And then they're going to explain to other people what was wrong with the part. It makes them only seem more intelligent. I'd want to know what's wrong with something on my car if someone replaced it. Why do you replace it? Well, just because he said it needed it. That's not good enough for me. What is it about that I needed? What was wrong with it? What was the part problem? You know, in the old days, I remember we used to repair a lot of things. Now you can't repair anything. Now you just replace it. That's wonderful for... For O'Reilly Auto Parts, for AutoZone, they love that. But they're not paying the cost of the parts you are. Parts houses will do a, a $200 repair in your car, <clears throat> cost $125 on the part, and may only cost them, te- you know, cost them 10 minutes or 5 minutes to put the part in and replace it. So they make about $80. You spent $200. Now, what if they could fix it for, say, $120 and it was repaired and you spent $80 left and they made $40 more? Wouldn't that be more logical? Bottom line, it would be to the repair shop. But that means you have to have somebody there that knows what they're doing, that knows how the part works, so they can figure out how to repair the part or make the part operate again, okay? Um, doing chemical cleanouts is probably one of the best way. I mean, think about this basically. How many people out there wash dishes? What happens when you buy that really cheap 99 cent soap at the dollar store? Sure you don't get those dishes too clean, does it? But then you go buy that ultra ultra guard soap, and the dishes come out immaculate. You've done the same job on both. You wash both sets of dishes. One dish sets come out good. The other sets come out just like it was. So you assume the dish is no good, okay? Because it won't clean. But the proper chemical will clean off what caused that dish to fail. What caused that dish not to operate right for you not to use it? It's all about chemicals when it comes down to a lot of the sensors, because they're reading off of a chemical. Whether it's from the exhaust, from the spark, coolant, whatever, they're taking a chemical reading and they're converting that into a diagnostic imprint that goes into the computer. Okay? It's not a reading that's, that's an electrical imprint reading because it was, if it was an electrical out of timing type of spark, there's a reason for that. Because certain things like a spark and a sensor reading will only happen under controlled circumstances. <clears throat> if their timing is incorrect, it's not the sensor part, it's the physical mechanical part. And then you go into and find out what about it is mechanical that will cause that reading to be wrong. Now see, anybody can figure this stuff out as an owner of a car, and you should be able to. It should all make sense to you. But what it costs nowadays to get your car fixed, why do you want to pay for someone to learn? You can go any place to get that done. I know trusting your repair shop that you've been dealing with for 20 years is good, but I'm sure if you go in there and look around, the same mechanics that were there 20 years ago are not there anymore. They weren't able to either catch up on what was going on or they've hired in newer technicians that know the computer systems, but they don't really know anything about how that car actually physically runs or what makes it operate or what makes it work. Their diagnostic ability only leads them to the electrical part, does not lead them to the mechanical part. And at this point, I know Biden wants it, but we're not ready to be driving around electrical motors right yet. There's still a little time on that. So we've got to keep the mechanical ones going. So be very careful about getting their diagnostics done by some of these technicians and these shops that are opening now. A lot of the shops are opening up now here in Vegas. They've got new owners. A lot of them have been closed. And the new owners don't really have experience in automobile, as well as if they're getting technicians 
that are really uh, limited supply right now. Maybe you have three or four technicians and they got one that actually knows what they're doing. The other ones sometimes know how to change oil. Even that's difficult. I've seen them where they can't find oil pressure switches. They don't know where they're at. I've seen them where they don't know where the dipstick is. And these are the guys working on your car that you're paying $110 an hour labor to work on your car. So you've got to be very careful, very careful of this stuff now. It's a different world, completely different world. And you need to, if you don't really feel 100% confident when you take your car in, after they tell you what's wrong with the car and you don't understand it, bring someone back and have them get explained to them what it is and have them explain it to you then. Because if it doesn't make sense to you, it may not make sense to the person you bring back who has prior knowledge. And then at that point, you can stop the repair or refuse to pay for it, okay? A lot of people are getting ripped off because there's a little check engine light thinking that that's all the engine going to blow up because the light's on. That's not true. Not true. If anybody has any questions, call in. 702-221-7283. Again, call in for the Super Tech, 702-221-7283, and I'll try and answer what I can while I'm on the air. Okay, the next thing we're going to go to here, basically, is the... Um, um, I guess how do you put this? The security that, that, that you have on your car to keep it from starting sometimes. Okay? That's usually got to do, that's got to do with the main computer. Sometimes you get in a car, sometimes it won't start. It has nothing to do with, with the motor. It has to do with your computer system. Don't get those two things mixed up. In the old days, if you turn the key, it wouldn't start. Bad start or bad battery, something like that. It's not always true anymore. A lot of these cars now got these security lockouts on them. And they will not allow your car to start. So when you have something like that checked out, and you're kind of at a, you don't know what's wrong because the car just don't start, whatever the customer, the, the shop does, that's going to tell you it's going to be wrong with the car, make sure you know what it is, okay? Because a lot of times you're guessing when the car won't start, they guess, well, this will cause it, or that will cause it. There's many things that will cause it. There's also a proper way to diagnose it. So don't let that get mixed up with something mechanically wrong with the car. That's strictly something electrical. Very rarely you're going to find that to be a mechanical problem, okay? So be very careful on that type of stuff when you take it in. Um, another thing I want to kind of go over is something that I'm sure everybody else has been hearing on the news lately. Not only the price of houses has gone up, but the prices of, of cars have gone up. You look at your average new car now, $60,000, dollars $75,000 for a new car. Didn't we used to buy houses for that price not very long ago? Isn't that crazy? Well, you know what it is when something goes up new? You can imagine what happens to the, the used prices of the cars. Along with the price of your car going up and used, <clears throat> it's a normal thing <clears throat> excuse me, for mechanics to base their price on repairs on the value of the car. may not seem right, but it happens a lot. The more your used car is worth, the more your price is to repair it. If I went in there with, a say, a 68 Corvette and I wanted to tune up, it's going to run me $300. I go in with a 68 Chevelle with standard 350 in it. It's running about $125. Now, why is that? Why is that? Because they're both the same engine. But the value of the Corvette is a lot more than the value of the Chevelle, so it's going to cost more money for the tune-up. Have that explained to you why they're doing that. Don't let them do it just because the car is more valuable. So be careful on these used cars that you got out there because they are increasingly going up. They've went up in this last one year close to 30% in value. So whatever your car was worth last year, it's worth approximately 30% more because of the price of the new cars have gone up and gone so crazy, it brings those along with it. And along with the cost of the price of the repair goes with the value of the car, the price of the repair, it all kind of runs in a big circle. And the only people that really know that are the mechanics 
and they use that for price increases and for price diagnostics. And they look in your eyes and they kind of get an idea of what you're willing to spend in the car. And that's how a lot of prices come up. You know, so you got to be very careful. That's why I tell everybody, if you're going to go get your car repaired, you're going to take it in. Take somebody with you that really knows what they're talking about so they can put a stop to something before it becomes a real problem. Now, hold on. We'll be right back in a few minutes. Like I said, another call, 702-221-7283. Adventure awaits you at Sun Buggy today, located directly across from Las Vegas Motor Speedway, with 15,000 acres of fun from door to door. Drivers must be 18 years of age or older and have a valid driver's license. For reservations, call 866-728-4443 today. Open daily from 6 a.m. to midnight. Sun Buggy appreciates you. Have an unforgettable experience with us today. Buckle up, get ready. Here from KSHP 1400 AM radio, it's Ron Katz, also known as the Supertech. To help you understand the automotive world in today's terms, every week will be a new topic. 40 years experience in automotive repair and stock car racing. Call-ins are welcome here in Las Vegas, 702-221-7283. 6 p.m. Monday nights after the Shopping Channel. Whether you're a corporate executive, on a family vacation, or just passing through, St. George Inn & Suites will meet your specific needs. It's conveniently located near restaurants, shopping, and movie theaters. St. George Inn & Suites offers a variety of room types, two fabulous pools and jacuzzis, a fitness center, a free full hot buffet breakfast, and laundry facilities. To make your booking, call 435-673-6661 or book online at stgeorgeinnhotel.com. You need to stop in Southern Utah? Make that stop at St. George Inn & Suites. Welcome to the Nellis Dunes. I'm Malibu, and this is Sun Buggy Fun Run. 15,000 acres for you, the family, or friends to play on. For a half hour, an hour, an hour and a half, we've got two seaters, four seaters, six seaters, nine seaters, ATVs, whatever you need, we have it. Hey guys, welcome to the desert. We are the premier off road adventure tour company anywhere in the world. We have over 150 seats available, so we can cater to couples, bachelor parties, all the way up to corporate events with uh, up to a thousand people. And we offer tours to anywhere from mild uh, and scenic to wild and crazy. Our vehicles are built right here at our Vegas facility with certified U.S. steel, and their primary purpose is for you to have fun. Open 365 days a year. We run our Vegas Mini Baja Chase seven times a day, an all-inclusive experience, including your hotel shuttle and uh, the reservation line is 24 hours a day. If you'd like more details, go to sunbuggy.com or just pick up the phone and give us a ring. This right here, this is the dirtiest thing you can do in Vegas without getting in trouble when you go home. Super Tech Show. Call in for anything wrong with your car. If you got a problem, you need some advice, call and ask the Super Tech at 702-221-7283. 702-221-7283. Welcome back to the show. Let's get on to the next part. Now we're going to get on to something that, that uh, I've come across lately and uh, seems to be a current problem because I've come across it in a couple locations. It's got to do with pricing of auto repairs. 
When you go into a repair shop, you ask them what it's going to cost to fix your car. That's normal, correct? They usually tell you they're really not sure. They're going to give you a price. They give you an estimate, put it down on the sheet, what it's going to take, and you sign it. Okay? So now after they work, they start working on the car, they tear it all apart. They find out what's wrong with it. It's all laying out on the ground. And they go ahead and they do the repair on it and they put it back together. Because you brought it in for repair, right? We both agree on that. So they repaired the car. Now you go to pick it up. What you signed for was a tear-down estimate and find out what's wrong with the car. But they made you wait three days, four, four or days. And you got to a point where i got to have my car fixed. Okay? So they fixed the car for you. You go to pick it up. All of a sudden, what you were imagining in your mind was about $150. is $1,100. Well, how did that happen? Number one, you signed the estimate and you signed the paper when you walked in there. So now you've given them authorization to work on your car. As far as what the secondary price is, they usually leave the primary price of the diagnosis open on the invoice. This is what I've found. After they price out what it's going to cost to fix the car, that's when they fill in that price. So now they have an invoice with a price on it that, that is actually pretty close to what the prices are going to charge you at the end, and you've signed that estimate. So what do you do then? I don't have the money. I'm not going to pay for it. I don't want it to rip up. So they're going to put your car back together as it was taken apart. Not as we brought it in, but as it was taken apart to get their own parts off the car. If you do that, okay? You don't want that done. You don't want your car talking apart. You've got a car now laying there that's been fixed, but instead of $150, now it's 1000 You tell them you don't want to pay. They say, well, you got no choice because you signed the invoice. So it becomes an argument and a disagreement. And I told somebody, and he told somebody, that is usually a lie most of the time. Now, the problem is that you can't actually tell anybody that they took advantage of you because you signed the papers. If they go to court, they can show that you signed for the repair on the car. And believe me, if they fill in the estimate at that time, it would be way more than what they're going to charge you at the end. So that way they're covered. You have to say, yes, I signed the invoice. Well, I wasn't aware of the price, Your Honor, but I signed the invoice. Well, that's enough for the, for the, the uh, repair shop to do the repairs. An oral authorization or written authorization is legal in automotive bill. So after you don't pay for it, you say, well, take the car. I don't want it. I can't afford it. I can't pick it up. This is not a problem with the repair shop. They just run a mechanics lien against your car. Next thing you know, they own the car and you don't. Now, you give them about three or four years of doing this, a lot of people, they build up a car lot of cars because it becomes a constant practice. They don't really care about people getting mad because they're not looking for those people to come back because they took the car. They don't really care about referrals because they're doing so much advertising, so much business, that they look at new people every day. It's kind of like, like McDonald's. McDonald's doesn't look for referrals. McDonald's look for people to come back the next day and the next day because they're going to get what they got before and they expect it. So they don't need advertisement. They don't need referrals. There's some repair shops that are out that way as well. They make themselves look very busy. They have all their technicians and the people there pull their cars into the shop. So when you get there, the place looks really busy not knowing that those cars all belong to people that work there, okay? And not many times, I, mean, I, I never looked good at a shop when I went in and there was no cars in the shop. They always make you wonder, why is this shop empty? I don't want to bring my car and they're going to rip me off because they got no work to do. That's an obvious assumption from the beginning, but it's not the game they're playing now. So they fill up the shop with cars. Now, this is going on a lot of shops out there. And a lot of it's happening because of lack of rules that have been set up by the business um, conditions. Um, they don't have anybody monitoring what they're doing. They do a lot of things under the radar so nobody really knows. Occasionally there may be a customer complaint against them. I'm sure you can go online you can look up all the complaints. 
But those complaints really doesn't cost them any money because they're doing so much of this that once in a while they lose you know ten or twenty dollars here and there, but they pick up a hundred and two hundred dollars on the other end, and it's becoming very common. They're playing games, and as long as they got your signature on that invoice, then at that point they can charge whatever you want. My recommendation: you go into a shop to sign something, you sign that copy of that invoice, make sure it's an estimate for what you you wanted to get done only at that time, and then have a copy of that estimate to take with you. Most time you sign it and you leave the estimate there. You never take it with you. Take a copy of that with you home. Because when you come back, you've got something in your hand you can use. If they didn't call you, they didn't tell you, you got something in your hand now that you can use to get your car back. You're protected. If you have to go to court, on your invoice, you make sure they put down there what it's going to cost to do the repair of the car or whatever they're going to do, but that specific cost that you authorized. Okay, but it's just a teardown the cost of that. Uh, there's one shop I know of that did this one practice. They would have you advertise that they're going to do an engine, give a price on it in the re- newspaper or whatever. You go in there, you drop up your card, and someone wants to see about this engine. It's okay. Go ahead and sign this paper right here. There's the price at $6.99, so it's in the advertisement, and uh, leave the car. So about a week later, two weeks later, they haven't touched it. This is only to get it to the point of where now you're in a hurry to get this car back. You don't have time to wait. You don't have time to come down and mess around. You just need the car done to get it done, whatever it takes. So they take the car apart. They pull the engine out, lay it on the ground. They give you a call two days later. We took it out. Can't fix it. You're going to need a complete engine. This is bad. That's bad. You say, well, I can't afford more than what I signed for. So just put the engine. I'll take it as this. What? Surely you have no engine in your car. What do you mean? Well, the engine's laying on the ground. But that's what I give you the estimate for. It's six ninety nine for turning your engine out. That didn't include a new engine. doesn't include putting it in. So at that point, most people get frustrated. And they say, well, I don't want the car now. What value is it to me? You got a car sitting there with the engine laying on the ground. It's of no use to me. I can't take the boat. So they do a mechanics lien against your car. Same scenario. Same scenario. A couple of these dealers that I know about have car lots built of these type of situations. It's all legal because you signed for it, but it's a scam that's going on. I know here in Vegas, some places. I know in California, some places. And who else? Probably around the country. It's very important. As you sign for something, you get a copy of that thing you signed for and make sure on that invoice you sign is specifics as to what they're going to do for that amount of money that you authorized because they will mess with it. And in our wonderful days of computerism, you know that can be done very easily and you would never have any record of it. They give you telephone authorization. That's no good. They give you telephone authorization, have them send you over an email with it on there that you can sign and email it back. You got to be that specific. You got to be that careful of what you do nowadays. There are just so many places out there that I don't know if it's a combination of of their uh, intelligent or lack of intelligence causes them to do this on a regular basis. And it's like I said, it's not one place, not two. I know of more, and it's really common out there. It's totally legal because they got your signature, and it just makes the customers mad, and they don't really care because if they price things out correctly, they're going to need enough people to try. And that'll keep them busy, keep them going in business. So be very careful on your pricing nowadays. Be very careful on what the estimate is that they give you and ask if that it covers everything you want to get done. You drive the car every day. You know really more about that car than any mechanic does. You want to know that the things you brought it in there for are going to be repaired. You don't care about the other stuff in the beginning, right? You only care what you brought it in for. You got to make sure that that's going to be repaired. You ask some people. This is a simple question. If I authorize you to repair my car, and that's what it's going to cost. When I drive my car out of here, if that repair is not completed, 
the way it's supposed to be, the way I want it done, will you continue fixing the car for free on whatever it takes to do that? If they say no, don't let them work on your car. If they can't guarantee you that what their estimate is and their analysis is, diagnosis of what the repair is, don't let them touch your car. We're not talking $25. We're not talking $50 things anymore or $100 things. We're talking $1,000, $2,000, $3,000 repairs without authorizations on them. And that would really ruin your day. Just make sure that they put down exactly what they're going to do. Get a printout or a copy of that receipt so you got it, so you're locked at that point. And double check. Don't just take their answer for it. Double check. You can get on the phone and call around some other shops. Give the other shops your diagnosis, what you got from them, and see what the other shops tell you. If they agree with what you're being told. So don't say that I don't have this. Don't call up somebody and say, I have this in another shop. Say, I checked it out myself in the garage and I ran a scan out and this is what I come up with. Could this possibly be what's wrong with the car? And most repair shops will, agree, will answer that for you. Most of the people that have done their diesel will tell you. They're not going to say, no, we need to check it out first. You're giving them an analysis. You're giving them an analysis. When you call your doctor, you tell your doctor, my stomach's hurting real bad. He'll tell you pretty much what he thinks it is. You know better because it's you feeling it. You tell them exactly what you're feeling. Most of the time, he can tell you pretty much very closely what's wrong with you without even seeing you because things now are so much more advanced in our world of diagnostics and uh, people now have got to move on with a lot of things physical diagnostics seems to be gone but but electronic diagnostics seems to be getting better the problem is combining the two together require complete diagnostics which that's where everything's being shorted of so be very careful when you take car now for just an estimate alone it can be really dangerous okay so i want everybody to stick around if you have any diagnostic questions you need, give me a call, 702-221-7283. This is Super Tech, and I'll be right back. Adventure awaits you at Sun Buggy today, located directly across from Las Vegas Motor Speedway, with 15,000 acres of fun from door to door. Drivers must be 18 years of age or older, and have a valid driver's license. For reservations, call 866-728-4443 today. Open daily from 6 a.m. to midnight. Sun Buggy appreciates you. Have an unforgettable experience with us today. STN Sports is the only sports betting app you need this season. STN Sports has it all. In-play betting, mobile parlay cards, the Play Plus card to fund and withdraw from anywhere in Nevada, and the latest lines on every game. STN Sports even lets you earn rewards on every bet. Safe and easy betting from your phone or tablet. Go to StationCasinoSports.com or sign up at any Station Casino, Fiesta Wildfire, or the El Cortez. Details at the Sportsbooks. A great time! Your entertainment destination, the South Point, invites you to experience the ultimate great time under one roof. Bowling, dancing, a live show, a movie, delicious dining, and one of South Point's 11 restaurants. So much to see. So much to do. You won't know where to start first. This week, make it a South Point week and discover for yourself why the South Point is your entertainment destination for a great time. Welcome to the Nellis Dunes. I'm Malibu, and this is Sun Buggy Fun Run. 15,000 acres for you, the family, or friends to play on. For a half hour, an hour, an hour and a half, we've got two-seaters, four-seaters, six-seaters, nine-seaters, ATVs, whatever you need, we have it. 
Hey guys, welcome to the desert. We are the premier off-road adventure tour company anywhere in the world. We have over 150 seats available that we can cater to couples, bachelor parties, all the way up to corporate events with uh, up to a thousand people. And we offer tours to anywhere from mild uh, and scenic to wild and crazy. Our vehicles are built right here at our Vegas facility with certified U.S. steel and their primary purpose is for you to have fun. Open 365 days a year, we run our Vegas Mini Baja Chase seven times a day, an all-inclusive experience including your hotel shuttle and uh, the reservation lines 24 hours a day. If you'd like more details, go to sunbuggy.com or just pick up the phone and give us a ring. This right here, this is the dirtiest thing you can do in Vegas without getting in trouble when you go home. Welcome back, everybody. This again, this is Ron Supertech. Anybody has any questions, call in 702-221-7283. And as a reminder, get out to that sun buggy place. You need to get out there and see what life's all about. Experience the fresh air for a day. You know, you can have a great time. Bring your girlfriend, put her in another car behind you. Go on a nice trip out there, get pictures taken. Trust me, it'll be a lot more of a memorable experience than going hang out on a slot machine and her watching you lose 100 bucks. Okay? Go out there and have some fun. Show her something different. It'll be something you look back on for the rest of your life, and so will she. And it'll put you in an extra high step when you take her. Or the kids will love it, too. Okay, now we're going to go into the uh, next little thing I want to talk about. Um, it's got to do with fuel mileage. Everybody hurting on price of gas right now? I know I am. It's gotten crazy, huh? And this is not even the end. This is not even the end. It hasn't begun because what is happening in Washington areas like that will trickle down this way. Even if their price levels out there, it won't matter because we're going to build the repercussions of it here. It's kind of how it works. It's kind of the roll law. And you're seeing around here that you're getting, the prices are getting up real close to $4 now. They're getting real close. So you need to do everything you can for gas mileage. Now, remember when your car was brand new, or if you never, didn't get brand new, when your car had low miles on it, the gasoline mileage was pretty good. It was really good. And uh, there was no problem with it as far as anything you knew. But, uh, Nowadays, it seems like you're just going through more gas. So, is it the cost of gas that, that's bothering you more? You're spending more money, or are you just using more gasoline? Okay. Back to it, more than anything else, is that you're just using more gasoline. The way, basically, the way the system works, you have a an electric car, electric fuel pump. You start the car up, and it starts pumping gas into the the fuel injectors, which used to be a carburetor, and puts them in based on how many times it's supposed to do it per minute or second, however you want to go about thinking about it for yourself, a little squirt goes into the cylinder, and it fires, okay? Now, that squirt goes into the cylinder, let's say it comes in as a liquid, and on the top of the piston, everybody knows what a piston is, there's a carbon deposit on there, like you would in charcoal. Anybody have a barbecue at home? You take that lighter fluid, you pour it on that charcoal, on the charcoal, and you'll see that lighter fluid gets soaked right up in the charcoal. You don't see it, in about three seconds it's gone. So then you got to put more lighter fluid on it that will stay on the outside so it will ignite, right? Basically, think the same, think the same thing on your car. you got a piston. you got charcoal on top of the piston, which is the positive carbon. Because when something burns, leaves behind a black dust. You're aware of that. When something burns up, you always know that the burn thing goes away, but there's still that black, ashy dust on top. Well, that sticks to the piston, okay? After time, that ashy dust, so to speak, it's called carbon, starts to become like little chunks of a car, car, charcoal, okay? The thickness of one piece of paper on the top of your piston equals the point of compression that your compression rises. 
which is not good for an engine that runs on a low compression cylinder, okay? So you need to get rid of that carbon on there because that's when the injector shorts in the peel, some of the carbon, which in a way I think it was lighter fluid, gets soaked into the carbon and it doesn't ignite. It won't turn into a fume. It won't vaporize because the gasoline will not, it'll catch on fire, but it won't explode until it vaporizes. The vaporizing is the pushing up of the piston, creating a compression area in the cylinder. And that compression then does get hit with a spark that causes the explosion of the cylinder. Now, when that cylinder fires, that explosion will either blow the piston down completely, or part of that explosion will get absorbed into that carbon deposit and actually turns that red. And then what happens after all, there's a thing called pre-ignition. That means the piston comes up, it's got the carbon, the charcoal on top of it, that lights the fluid going in there as the fluid comes in, it ignites before it's supposed to, that's called pre-ignition, pre-top dead center, that means pre-before the piston gets the top, before it completes the compression, it fires. So at that point, you've got less power. The higher the piston is, the more compression you have, the more power you have. The harder you throw that punch, the more it hurts, okay? Same thing. So now, this is normal to have that on the piston. That's absolutely normal. That's just due to wear and tear, age, piston, valves, plates like that. It's on there. It's normal. But it wasn't there when the car was new. So it wasn't designed to have that. That's just a byproduct of that step over. If you use the same pot to cook hamburger all the time, what's that pan going to look like after a while? It gets a buildup of that crud. Well, that crud, basically think of it as the step on the top of your piston. So now the next question is, how do I get that off of there, get it back to as it was? Well, it's dissolved by a chemical, okay? You can't put anything in there that will do away with it. It has to be a chemical. They call it like a, I don't know if you call it a pill injection. Not a pill injection fluid. It's more of a, a carbon degreaser. De, 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 I don't know how you put it. But it, it dissolves carbon, okay? But it has to do it slow. Because if not, if people are using that stuff. And all these cars are driving around. They'd all be smoking. All that carbon be coming out the back just be black smoking. That's not legal, and it doesn't look good. So there's a carbon a cleaner you can use that will absorb itself into that carbon, just like the gasoline did. And very slowly, it's like little munchy guys, they munch away at those little carbon nuggets until eventually they're all gone. The chemical that you use is non-flammable, so you can't burn it away. It just absorbs into the carbon. It'll never catch on fire. It just dissolves carbon deposits, which are on the top of the piston. Now, after that, as that's being dissolved, there's also carbon in that wonderful thing we call a catalytic converter. That basically is just a bunch of panels that the exhaust hits. The palladium and the material that's inside of it causes a conversion of the chemical, and that causes the clean exhaust to come out your back end. No carbon deposits. After all, that carbon deposit builds up inside the converter, just like the piston, and you got to clean that as well. Okay, That will affect the way the car runs. It will lengthen the time, the burn time if it notices there's a problem with the full, complete burning of the cylinder. Okay, that's got to do with your emissions. It'll extend that time. The longer the burn time, the less power you actually really have. Okay, So now you need to get rid of all that stuff. That's just normal wage. Every 40,000 miles approximately, it gets built up to a point where it should be cleaned up and serviced. You may not notice it, but your gas mileage will. The snap horsepower that you will notice it. But you know that stuff happens so slow. It's like when we gain weight. I remember when I weighed 100 pounds less than I do now. I don't remember gaining the weight. I just woke up one morning and said, well, take those pants won't fit no more. Things just change. And that's kind of what happens with the fuel mileage in your car. It just slowly happens and you don't notice it because it's just over time. So how do I get rid of that deposit? Well, there are chemicals out there, and uh, ones that I recommend would be actual chemicals called polyurethamine. That's a chemical. You can get it in different containers. 
And it's a process for using it, and a process for driving the car, and a process for retraining the computer. You got to remember, as time goes on, that computer is constantly reprogramming itself in order to give complete emission controls to that engine so it has no emissions coming in the back. Whatever that computer has to do, lengthen the time of the explosion, lengthen the time of the timing, whatever it has to need to do to get those emission downs, it's programmed to do that. Okay? Once it's doing it, it will continue doing that. Even after you get it clean, they'll continue doing that. So you still have a power problem at the point of where that's clean. Well, after that's been completely cleaned out, you need to reboot the computer, clear it. That means you need to get rid of all the memories in the computer from what it's been doing for the last 10,000, 15, 20,000, 30,000, whatever miles. It's been trying to do everything it can to keep down the emissions. That's why very rarely do you see a car that smokes. Not everybody takes care of a car much better than they ever used to. The computer's doing all the diagnostics and the cleaning and the adjustments. It's doing it itself. But you need to get in there once in a while and do it yourself in order for your gas mileage performance. So that's what they call a peel injection service. The question is that when you go into the shop, every mechanic has a different idea of what a peel injection service is. Everyone. Some people do it one way. Some people do it another way. It's really very difficult. Um, My recommendations are basically... If you come across an auto repair shop that uses BG products because they're the ones that carry the chemical, they have a chemical called 44K. That will take care of that emission problem, the carbon problem on top of your piston. There's a procedure for using it, which I really can't explain to you right now, but that is the actual chemical. Um, you can't really buy it in the store. It's professional. It has to be used professionally, but it makes all the difference in the world to your car, how it runs. You'll get better gas mileage. You won't have to worry about all those expensive costs that, cost, that, that will lead to by engine running under stress trying to get the performance that you expect. When you hit that throttle, you expect it to go a certain speed. If it has internal problems with the engine and the engine is not of the strength that it should be, you're putting more strain on the engine. That's just all logical, okay? These are some of the things that you got to watch in that type of stuff. Now, that also goes down to the transmission. Transmission has a lubricant inside of it, which is the training fluid, and all that lubricant... One of the lubricants do as well as you know as well as I do, it lubricates everything so everything moves smoothly. Well, the lubricant gets dirty, so that needs to be changed about every thirty thousand miles. These are all things that you need to do to a car. I recommend if you want the car, if you're planning on keeping the car to seventy, eighty, ninety thousand miles, you're never really going to notice much of a difference out of this. Mileage is going to just be acceptable. But if you're going to keep the car like most people do nowadays at sixty thousand or fifty thousand miles, you're going to want the car running good at one hundred fifty, two hundred thousand miles. These are things you need to do to the car, okay? Don't forget to get these things done. It'll last you that time. You'll have basic expenses as far as service and maintenance, but you should not have a need for repairs. Most cars don't need to be repaired before 200,000 miles don't need physical parts unless they were not maintained properly prior to that. And that doesn't mean going by the book. That means going by what needs to be done based on a good, quality, logical, intelligent technician and shop that you may come across. You need to ask questions. It needs to make sense to you. If it doesn't, don't let them work on your car. If they want to try this to try that, tell them to try it on their own time when they're paying for it. You don't need to pay for them to try something. If they're not experienced at it, then tell them when they become experienced, send you a card in the mail, and you'll bring back for them to check something out. You don't need to be someone's test subject, okay? They're going to charge you money for that as well. You would be surprised how many mechanics learn how to fix cars off of people that are paying them to learn how to fix a car. It's just amazing. And a lot of technicians don't want to do certain things, mostly because they don't understand it. They can't recommend it, but doesn't, if it's never been explained to them, it doesn't make sense to them, or they've never been around it, that won't even exist. 
Meanwhile, that costs you a bunch of money. So that's why it's so important. You know exactly what's wrong with the car. You're the one that drives the car every day. Make sure that when they write it down on the invoice, look at it yourself. Make sure written on the invoice is exactly what your complaint is, not what the service writer determined your complaint was. Put down there what you're complaining about, what you're feeling. Because when you car back, get the car back, it doesn't matter if the car doesn't belong to you, belongs to him. He doesn't care. It matters what belongs to you. So you got to be very, 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 very specific on that. So everybody out there, pay attention to what you've been doing. Pay attention to technicians. Ask questions. Make sure you don't sign an invoice. You get an exact price in there what you want. Get a copy of it. Take it home with you so you've got it so you don't get ripped off. And if you have any more questions at any time, you can always text it to this uh, show, 221-7283. We'll let you know what we can help you with. And until you get a chance to meet me on the road when you're broken down and I'm driving by and I'll help you, you take care. Have a great week. And this is where the Super Tech races out of here.